0: Thank you for listening to the Drums and Rums podcast. If you'd like to help support the podcast and our content on YouTube, become a Drums and Rums Patreon member, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel as we work to get towards a 1,000 subscribers. Links are listed in the description of this episode. And thanks again for checking out this episode and all of our other past episodes. Hey, all welcome to the drums and rums podcast i'm your host paul robertson so again, we've got a live stream podcast here tonight so we are going to enjoy this you're going to like this podcast uh we're going to get into here and i'm going to introduce our guest here in a moment here first just want to do a quick uh, few housekeeping for our uh video viewers here um but first let me go ahead and do the intro and then i'll get that housekeeping out of the way so again thanks for tuning in so I connected with our guest uh, because of rum, and of course, this is drums and rums, right? And actually, Rock Sound Rum and Rock Sound Rum. You've probably, if you follow, follow us. You know, we've posted a lot about uh, our good friends over Rock Sound. We've talked about the the daiquiri, the large daiquiri uh, record that we attended uh, last year. Our guest and I is in an Instagram group with Rock Sound Rum, and it's made up of bartenders, content creators, people that enjoy spirits and cocktails. And that, that's how I met our guests. And we've been following each other for quite a while now. And uh, so let me introduce our guest to the podcast here. Bartender and podcaster also, and also a drummer. So this is cool. We've got not only, you know, we've got rum. We do have drums and we have podcasting. So we've, we're we hitting all the bases here. We I think we just hit a grand slam here. So let me welcome to the show. You go, Hey, Anthony, how you doing, man? Hey, Paul, how's it going? Good, good. Finally, you know, I guess I know, like I said, It's it's amazing how many people that we all know because of social media, and that's pretty much
1: about about the limit of it, right? Yeah, Uh, (laughs) it just you know finally we get uh, you you have to sort through all those people, and then finally you get to meet that one particular person. That's
0: that's I know, and and you know, and it's great when you know when you meet somebody, you make friends, and it's all because of booze. Yeah. So, so, so just real quick before we jump into this, we got a lot to cover here. So again, I was as mentioning, this podcast is being taped. The live stream today is January 18th, and the audio podcast is released January 24th. So you get a sneak peek uh, with the video version here. And so if you're viewing with us today, don't forget also uh, uh, to go ahead and listen to the podcast over there on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and other podcast apps. And again, thank you for joining us here tonight for this episode. And then don't forget to watch the uh, podcast, uh, you know, other podcasts that we have out there on YouTube. Again, quick housekeeping. We'll take a few questions here. We'll take a little break at thirty and sixty minutes marks, and then uh, you just put in the chat there question in cap just so I can see your question. And I don't miss it. Uh, I, I know we got a lot of questions to ask Anthony. I know he's probably got a lot of st- t- stories. All bartenders have stories, right? Uh, so, Absolutely. and it's, especially you know, living you know uh, in in Texas there, and uh, we're we're gonna get in here. So again, yeah, let's let's get right to it, Anthony. So bartending. No, 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 let's start first. Let's start because it is drums and rums, right? Let's start drums and, you know,
1: music. So how did you get into music? Like who introduced you to music? I have been into music since I was a kid. My father, excellent piano player, uh, listened to a very eclectic music because he grew up in, you know, the 60s when music was eclectic. You you could listen to one radio station mm-hmm. and hear Led Zeppelin Uh, Sam and Dave, Janis Joplin, all in one radio station. And so my dad's musical taste was pretty eclectic, and I kind of adapted that uh, when I was very young. Um, He uh, made sure I knew most of the classics, uh, like uh, whether it was about the Beatles, which is my favorite band of all time, or he made sure I knew about Led Zeppelin or even... Beethoven, Chopin, you know. Okay. He, he made sure that I knew a little bit about everything.
0: That's, yeah, because when you mention, you know, you know bands there like Zeppelin and very what we now call classic rock, right? And, yeah. but then go further back. I always love, you know, we, we have had conversation with other drummers who follow some of the dr- drummer lineage. Is uh, like if a drummer today and they've, I, I'd be really surprised if they, they don't know some of the lineage, but, you know, they, they, everyone knows Bonham, even non drummers, right? And they know Bonham, Pert, and so forth. But then you go a step back, and then maybe you don't, maybe you don't like Rush, but you know what? The guy that he was influenced is, is because of the result of this and because of the result of, I mean, well, look at like Dave Grohl, right? I mean, huge influences that go further back to drummers that people don't even know about. Right.
1: Uh, the drummers that, uh, my first, uh, Well, when I started playing the drums was in high school uh, because my parents had me playing a whole bunch of instruments growing up. I started out on piano. I uh, played the violin for a little bit and uh, played the trumpet for a little bit. And finally, when I got to high school, my dad came up to me and he said, do you want to learn another instrument? And I thought about it for a few minutes and he I said, how about guitar? And my dad he was always worried about my tempo when playing piano because I'd always speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. (laughs) And then he said, how about the drums? Now you try to tell, uh, you know, you, you tell a 14 year old boy that he can play the drums. You think he's going to say no.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's very, you know, there's special kind of parents that actually let their kids actually play drums. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, but my musical influences, uh, back when i first started picking up the sticks were like billy joel and i i was listening to rap music it was 1980 or 1990 about that time so you know uh gangster rap was hitting the mainstream so i was playing along with a lot of current r b rap uh billy joel so i i think if i went down to it my first influence was probably liberty devito who played for billy joel and a good solid drummer hit hit those things so hard. <laughs> that
0: yeah, that's a that's a name that I, you know, I, that's awesome because that's that's a name I haven't heard before and and to be yeah, liber- there's another name that, you know, doesn't get recognition. That guy's been in it. He's good. It's like the conversation I had last night with uh Pete McLaughlin, uh yeah, drummer also and you know, we were talking about this it. like, you know, I said there's a lot of that if if I wish I learned the, the to understand to be a musician first. Early, early in my life, when playing drums, and, and band second, I could be having a career, right? And I think that's a lot of things. An important thing is know your craft, learn drums, and you could be. Hey, I'm a professional drummer, and that's all I do.
1: So. Yeah. Oh, uh, when I first started playing the drums, uh, my first teacher, he, I, uh, he asked about my experience with music, and I said, "Well, I played piano for. I've been playing piano for years." And then he basically picked up the syncopation book, tore out the first. Uh, you know half of the book it says, well we don't have to cover reading quarter notes, eighth notes, you 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 already know that.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, right. And right. And a lot of people don't know, right? And I know you know, but is piano is in the percussion family. Yes. Right.
1: Oh. Yeah. uh, I was listening to an interview with Billy Joel just recently where he was like, Piano is a percussion instrument. (laughs) He was talking about angry young man and uh he said basically that came from this uh influence from the song wipeout you know the big mm-hmm. you know that uh the big drum solo in the beginning of that very cool and i sat back and i thought about oh well, yeah it does make sense and, but he was trying to play the drums on the piano and i after sitting back and thinking about it and i thought well that's brilliant <laughs> yeah. just to, you're
0: right trans, translate it to a different instrument and it's like oh we can do this kind of thing yeah that, that that's that is brilliant i I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. That's some tidbit information. Yeah. So,
1: but um, yeah, when it came to first starting out playing the drums, I would actually, I would honestly say that Liberty DeVito was the first uh, drummer to influence me to, you know, to learn time, stay in the pocket, and uh, that sort of thing. But when it, uh, as I progressed, I, as I went farther, I, all of a sudden, when I got, became a freshman in high school, uh, this guy comes up to me and he says, "Oh, you play the drums?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's and he was like, "Try this album." And he hands me Metallica's "Injustice for All" album. And you know, I know Lars Ulrich gets a lot of crap. Yep. But yep. Um, when I got that album, I had to learn how to play it. I still can't play most of it, but uh, Lars Ul- Ulrich became a big influence on me. Um. But if I I always wish that back in the 90s when I was learning to play the drums uh, the first time, I always wish I had YouTube because now I'm sitting at YouTube watching yep. uh, Buddy Rich, uh, Gene Krupa, uh, Karen Carpenter uh, all do drum solos. I'm like, where were these videos when I was I know. a kid? Right. I,
0: yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I had a, a very similar th- mention in, uh, recently about, I was thinking about it, was like I was working, a totally different, but working on my car and and I had to refer to, I said Chilton manual, right? There was, there, YouTube is now the new Chilton's manual, right? And again, or in, <laughs> in drumming or music is, we had to buy the VHS tapes and then it became DVDs and so forth. But I remember there's a lot of those drum tapes you'd have to go and get and, you know, not as easy because, as it is. Yeah. Not as easy as today, right? It's simply able easier to, stop slow down do certain things but yeah you're right it's god there's so much so much amazing stuff that's out there now to uh, to help musicians you know really learn and, and to uh everybody loves taping themselves right so
1: yeah well there's a lot of great talent that's been i've seen on youtube tiktok uh uh that play the drums uh and i guarantee if i uh if i had all that availability back when i was in high school I would be stealing from everyone, you know, it was, oh, I like that beat. Oh, I like the way they did that fill. I mean you know.
0: <laughs> So that was so you're talking about the eighties here, late eighties and so forth. So here, let me just give a real quick here, a couple a couple comments here from uh, Greg is in the chat there. So he said, Beatles, your favorite group of all time. We're gonna get along well. <laughs> uh, and he also is <laughs> that his band director would not let anyone take drums unless they previously took piano lessons. So so, the, oh, really? you know, yeah. so that guy's really pretty interesting. Tonight. I consider Buddy Rich the best drummer of all time and Neil Peart the best percussion of, of all time. Okay, that's
1: fair enough. So yeah. Truth being told, uh, now uh, hopefully this doesn't piss off every single person <laughs> that uh, listens to your show. <laughs> I like Neil Peart. I respect Neil Peart. But when it came to rock and roll drummers from classic era, even though Neil Peart doesn't go back as far. I've always, uh, ever since the mid to late nineties, I've been trying to adapt to the, a Keith Moon type of style without the destructiveness and the drugs and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but Keith Moon, his, I kind of discovered, well, it was because of an interview with Richard Starkey um, that Keith Moon advised him when you're playing the drums, play with the guitar, don't play with the bass and that opened up a lot of stuff for me right and uh, pissed off a lot of uh bass players but uh but the guitar players were like oh this is fun
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what they've been missing out all along but you know but that yeah. they like metallica right because lars and james they were the the main writers and in, in, of that and that's how they mostly played so um even though even you know when they started out having Cliff Burton you know you're talking about an amazing bass player and still oh God, not yes. following him right you know but mm. yeah that's a perfect example there is uh, that yeah that's uh i, I think i'm tending to, to be that way too i have probably jammed with more guitar players than you know than with actual bass players solo obviously cuz it's when you jam it's hard to jam so just just with a bass player you're it depends just kind of, on the bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're just playing some groove stuff and playing, and but you're not actually,
1: I don't know. I mean, uh, when you're playing with just a person that has the bass player that just plays the backbeat, uh, it does get a little boring. Mm-hmm. It yeah. gets a little bit more interesting when you're going to bass players like, say, Cliff Burton, Geddy Lee, and uh, uh, John At Whistle mm-hmm. uh, even yeah. John At Whistle he just it always seemed like he was bored on stage just doing his own thing you know not really doing Make, much
0: making it look so easy <laughs>
1: but um, but when you're playing with somebody like say Les Claypool I think I would uh, get a headache <laughs> well that's why they've
0: got a, a pretty decent drummer as well too right
1: yeah, yeah. exactly yeah
0: <laughs> So, so going through there, you know, gr- growing up and, you know, obviously you've been influenced uh, by your dad with the music career and got you into drums. Uh, you're talking about the late, I think we're probably roughly about the same age, you know, uh, you know, probably you said late eighties, nineties, you know, there's still just before hit rap really exploded on the scene, you know, but again, there's probably, I'm sure some of those bands you're listening to was probably like the Beastie boys, obviously that was, that was pretty much more commercial uh, available for everybody uh I actually
1: right. i was a bad boy my i was listening to the tapes that my parents didn't want you know i had had them hidden underneath the music that they approved of uh because i was listening to the beastie boys i was listening i you know i did had the uh the billy joel tapes i had the bon jovi you know <laughs> but underneath that i had like the Ice T, nwa uh and just because that's what was was popular at the time right. and i hadn't really sunk my teeth into rock and roll just yet and so everybody was listening to gangster rap. So I figured ah, I, I'll right. listen to it too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And at that time, yeah. Because there's still a lot. I mean, MTV influenced a lot of people growing up in the 80s, obviously, what they listened Because that was the only way you can get music or learn about music. And, uh, you know, there was no, you know, as we know, there was no internet time. So, yeah, that was uh, the injustice for all. It's funny is that I remember, I think I met him in like just started high school. And I remember the big kick up was that they played the Grammys. They blew everybody away playing a lot, you know, uh, one at the Grammys. The first year right. they offered, they had the heavy metal category in the Grammys. And do you remember who beat them out?
1: Jethro Tull. That's right. Hey, ding,
0: ding. Hold on. Where's, <laughs> do I have a bell here? No, I don't have the ding, ding. But anyway, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I know everyone got all pissed off because that jeff the troll wasn't quite you know with a really metal band but yeah it's but you know it's it's you go back to what you mentioned about lars you're right i i don't know i mean i get that a lot of people shit on lars and i think mostly they get shit on because of the Napster stuff um yeah is he you know i mean there's a lot of other drummers that uh, i don't know you know again once again like ringo he plays the drums for what the music needs in metallica And even listening to some of their newer stuff, I'm just amazed. I'm like, God, these guys are nearly 60 now. and Yeah, exactly. Unless they're doing, um, you know, the drum. If if he's doing drum triggers, you know, I mean, and I'm not going to go. That's a whole big, I know, a big debate on drum triggers, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, if he's still playing it and he's still double kicking it and he's still playing those things, it's like, wow, that guy is, you know, uh, still got it. It's not easy, you know.
1: Yeah, um, even at uh, – well, he practices more, probably more often than I do because <laughs> uh, you you can probably relate to me with this story where uh, when you move out of your parents' place – where before, when you're mov- living with your parents, you play, uh, you play the drums as much as you wanted. Right. Then you move out of your parents' place into an apartment, and then you have to either uh, try to figure out when the best time of day to play is or not at all because your neighbors might complain. Right, yep. And so I went through that part for a really long time. And, uh, uh, when I finally got my, uh, got my house, I was just like, now it's time to set it up. Now it's time to get back at it. And then, uh, 10, 15 minutes later, I realized muscle memory. Have none, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I know I, and sometimes when I've been away from her for a while and uh, and that's how some of it was, I, the podcast started out of a need for creation. A, a couple, you know, small little music things I was doing early 2020 just fell apart. It wasn't because of COVID, it just, it, I guess, ran its course. And again, now it's like, what do I do with my time? And I had this idea. And but there's times when I go back to the drums and after being a while and it's like very refreshing but you're right there's that muscle memory part but it's also like wow okay i'm not so stuck on certain things trying to learn things or just it's a very it's very freeing actually
1: you know? mm. so yeah i uh, my favorite way to practice has always been with a set of headphones and playing along with my favorite music and you know uh, the whole uh technique of it i mean uh learn it it helps me get in touch with what ringo was thinking during ticket to ride or uh or you know not really thinking but the technique because who knows what he's thinking i don't uh i don't buy into that what was the musicians thinking when he did this (laughs) no i've never been a you know ask the musician don't ask me yeah right but uh but the uh it helps me get in touch with the band uh, a little bit more and plus when i was in high school we uh the band I was playing with, we mostly played cover tunes of that day. Like our first song that we played together in uh, in the talent show was Enter Sandman. And, you know, uh, three teenage kids realized they just played Enter Sandman from beginning <laughs> to end. The excitement was just, ah! But, you know, we went from there to playing Alice and Chains, Tool, Nirvana, I think we mostly played Tool because my bass player wanted to play it, but uh, (laughs) but we were uh, we were playing a lot of the popular stuff for that day. Okay, and that got me in touch with a lot of different drummers because every once in a while, with music, I get a little bit of tunnel vision, and you know, you know, you know, this guy can I can sit and talk about the Beatles for hours, but uh, you know, I forgot oh the who were a big part of the 60s too you know
0: <laughs> right yeah and i think that's what you mentioned in the questionnaire was about the you know style of music which is definitely a, a, a very big range there uh, is you know classic rock metal big band i mean i know you mentioned you know uh, the story yeah. there and then obviously rockabilly which is like okay, how does these all fit together but it's great and i think it's it's so important to get out of to be very open. And I think that is one of the one benefit of the internet and YouTube and things is even though you don't buy tapes anymore, or CDs, there's a lot more accessibility to different types of music than you probably would have ever been exposed to. If you live in BFE USA and this is all the local radio stations serving you up. And, uh, but yeah, then, then, you know, some of those things carry over, right? It's like, Oh, oh wow, this, this, this type of style of music is just maybe this, type of music just faster or slower or whatever right
1: well it's like dave grohl was talking about in an interview i heard recently he was talking about the intro for smells like teen spirit he uh swiped that from a disco song uh just the you know that he picked that up from a disco song and decided to use that for smells like teen spirit and everybody was like oh my god Yes, yeah, every, everybody can, you can swipe things from anywhere and add it to uh your personal technique. Right. I mean, rockabilly it's it's just uh really high energy, fun uh like I uh I searched out a lot of rockabilly bands when I used to play music on my podcast. I used to try to get a, a, one band to have one song per podcast. And during COVID for some reason it, it became extremely difficult to non-existent nobody was answering their emails anymore but uh, yeah I I tried to get a whole bunch of different sounding stuff but I'd always go check on bandcamp.com I'd go check out the rockabilly section and say what have they got in there now you know <laughs> the
0: yeah I and and I know there's uh, and I've talked about this before I think the study said that I read was like Usually, by the time you're 227, it, it around that rough that time frame, you've already have locked in your music in for what you're you're going to stay in generally. Mm. Uh, and, generally and that's yeah. fair. And that's fair. Um, there's a lot that yeah. I still go back to when I was, you know, uh, the same time period you're talking about. And, but then there's also I need to force to try something, listen to something new or different things or whether it's hip hop or or pop stuff or Lady Gaga. Right? I mean, yeah, how many even though she's a very big metalhead, you know, but when they, she, yeah. they first came out and were like, you're listening to Lady. It's like, yeah, but as drummers, I find this a lot, too, is I, I may not like, I may not understand, may not relate to, you know, the lyrics. I may not understand mm. the lyrics, but again, it's like, hey, I I really like the beat, you know, and I like the rhythm and I like those certain things. And uh, so that's because it all goes back to drums and bass, right?
1: right um i totally agree with you i mean if i was totally stuck to my guns i would never pay attention to people like lady gaga lady gaga i never would have paid attention to bruno mars and he's uh excellent yeah uh, right i really i really enjoy his music um so, but you know it's just you know you, as you know as as a musician you got to kind of uh immerse yourself into different things force yourself if you have to Because there's tons of music out there and uh, some of the truth being told, some of the music of today uh, has kind of turned me off a little bit. Uh, I I couldn't listen to a lot of it for a long time because uh, I studied audio production for a little while and I started noticing how much they were using auto tuning, how much they were using copy paste Mm. for just one snare hit. Right, you know, and it, that started to annoy me. I mean, Pro, like, Pro, okay, tool,
0: okay, Pro tools, right? And I mean, that kind of destroyed yeah. those kinds of things. Well, we'll fix it in post, and we'll just drag this over, and you know, and yeah, yeah.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you yeah. you made the point yeah. I was going for, it. Uh, so uh, that that worked perfectly. But you know, when because I studied audio production, I learned Pro Tools a little bit, but when I started picking out, oh, that verse <laughs> sounds exactly like the verse before it. Or that chorus, if I put a sound sound wave generator right next to it, I bet not one frequency would be different. It, uh, it would be exactly the same. Right. And so I'm sitting there. Where's the humanity in the music? Where's you know? Because <laughs> maybe it like uh, uh, the Who's "See Me, Hear Me, Feel Me" on the Tommy album. Everybody knows Roger Daltrey. That first note he hits off key completely. But they kept it in because of studio time, and you know, we just, uh, you so know, it. just record it, record it, get it on there. And nowadays, I don't think they would have done that. I think they would have done pitch correction or something like right. that. But it's part of the humanity of the song, so I, uh, I actually appreciate that.
0: And you know, and especially like whether you listen to uh, the music parts. That, you know, it's a little off in some of the old stuff, you know, again, like I said, it's a lot, it was a lot harder to go back and fix things or you'd have to fully retape every or record everything because it was on tape. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you lose a little bit of that whole organic feel. I mean, I know some people kind of may seem to be coming back a little bit to it because, you know, everything swings in like a pendulum like where vinyls once is making a comeback people want to listen to vinyl and because there was a better audio quality and nostalgia i'm sure mostly uh but yeah there's a there, you know i've recorded some things and you know the engineer exactly like, pro tools okay oh hit this just he, like just hit just hit something and on that spot where you're hitting then we'll we'll put change the sound on it and so it's like what do you need me for right other than the yeah. live. so but you know you were talking about the drum setup and and at, what I had had envisioned had gotten to a certain point was um I bought a small breakbeat kit for the house and, and to was supposed to play with a uh, like a smaller set set up with a couple of the guys and then I'd kind of evolved into buying mesh heads for the drums so I could at least play in the house and then it evolved into, well, if I use the mesh heads, why don't I get drum triggers and then just mm. plug into the the brain that I have for my uh electronic elise's kit. And then it's like now I can control the sound, and we can make it sound whatever. And so you're still playing drums because it is still that. But yes, am I changing, turning an analog into a digital signal and sound? Yeah. Uh, so the, I think there's fi- The you know there's a trade off, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I tried the Ulysses drum kit for a little while, and for some reason I just wasn't happy with the feel of it. Uh, I mean, I was excited to be able to change the sounds you know to have my coffee table table tom uh, instead of just being you know have setting my coke on it uh yeah. <laughs> to actually be a timpani drum i was excited about little things like that right but um, when it came to the feel i just it wasn't for me and i keep thinking i'm going to go back out and try a whole bunch of different dr- uh, electric drum kits to, uh and because the uh, I remember when the first electric drum kit first came out, and there were just those rubber rings, you right. know, the heavy black rubber, and I thought they were awful. It didn't feel like no I was rebound. playing around. Yeah. yeah, and but with the new mesh heads and stuff like that, it's getting close. Yeah. It's getting really good.
0: Yeah, and that yeah, those old well, it's almost like the you know, if you bought the drums for uh, Garage Band or Rock Hero, it was kind of yeah. like that, right? There was no yeah. There was no rebound coming off of actually playing the state actually, one of our very early guests uh that I w- was at the drum Jojo in Nashville uh now I'm drawing a blank on his name, but uh he he learned how to play drums from the drum set on the rock band. that's what he told Jim Riley, yeah you know, and yeah. he's like, that's the drums I had I learned and he was like, well, that's kind of interesting, you know again, you play free free mode, I guess you can do and the of course that's kind of. The drums are not set up in a certain way, you know, because of you know you cross and stick for hi hat. Uh, but yeah, it's uh yeah, I totally i I don't have a like a high end Elisa's kit, you know, with something somebody was selling. I was like, well, cool. I you know convinced my wife and say, oh look, I can be quiet in the house and you know. Play. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh,
1: yeah, I did and those uh, rock band drums. You uh, interesting? My one a memory of my niece when she was about four years old. Uh, they hadn't really gotten her started in music yet, but, uh, she sees, uh, my dad, my sister, myself, my brother-in-law, we're all playing uh Beatles rock band. And oh. of course being three, four years old, she's curious. She wants to play it too. So we, uh, either turn off the controller or put it in free mode or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, my dad sent me a video of her, uh, playing rock band with my sister and my brother-in-law they were playing lucy in the sky with diamonds and she started hitting the drums and i'm i'm watching her very closely i'm like my god she's got perfect tempo and i don't even know if she knows that song but she's lucy in the sky you know and i'm like she's not you know playing what's on the music but who cares about that she's got great tempo right (laughs) that's that's well hey it's
0: some of it's born with it right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who are uh, some of the drummers on YouTube that you watch, uh, you know, that does covers or do you, you, in, in, like who who's some of the YouTube drummers? <laughs>
1: oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. I was thinking <laughs> about that earlier today. Um, uh, let's see. The ones that I've been paying attention to, attention to, I haven't actually seen one of her videos in a long time. I don't know if she's still around. Uh, her name was uh, Tall. Yep. M mm-hmm. E Y T A L. Yep. Uh she's uh she is excellent and it sounded like her career was uh going way up and that's when I lost track to track of her. She joined a band or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Is I I'd say I, I, she kind of really really yeah, of course, blew up. Um, you know, you know, to help, help you know, not the knocker skills, but you know, she's a good looking girl and so I mean she mm-hmm. got skills and got the package and she blew up and had started growing her brand and then started playing in the band That's that I remember following. And then yeah, it's all of a sudden kind of disappeared and there was another drummer at the time um her was uh her name was she went, or her handle was lux drum drummer uh, lux it anyway so uh she was a a, a female female drummer and uh, i remember watching some of her videos and she was playing painkiller in high hills and, oh
1: dear God! And
0: she's playing. Du- <laughs> and she's playing double bass in high heels. And you know, again, there was a lot of it. Was like, all right, why does everybody make it? You know, look so. S- I mean, again, I know everybody practices, but you know, the right positions on the drums that you're not reaching, overdoing, and so forth. But yeah. she had a joint. So I'd followed. her. I've watched her for a while, and then she joined the band, uh, the Necromancers, Necro Necromantics, mm-hmm. and they Necromantics? were yeah, yep, and Thrash and Psychobilly, and so forth. They came to West Palm. I was like so excited. I'm like, holy cow, she's coming here. I want to go see the band and so forth. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, I'm probably like the only, you know, person that actually knew who she was just because of following on YouTube. Whereas, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. I was wanting to meet her afterwards. And, but, you know, she disappeared. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, whatever. I get it. So,
1: but, but there are a lot of great drummers out there. I, uh, the, the girl who that family band, the Liliac band, are I that are on TikTok, I think. They're uh they started out as a metal cover band, but I think they're starting to do their own uh originals now. And uh but she, she is really good. There's uh on Instagram there's a guy with the uh, white hair mohawk sunglasses, uh um you know big, huge drum kit and uh he's Oh, uh, he's really good i can't i don't remember the names of most of these people right. but when their videos come up on youtube i'm like oh, okay i'll check you out yeah, for yeah. a little bit you know the algorithms are working
0: <laughs> <laughs> well have you seen uh so, damn, i'm going to mess up his name it's like samus 666 he's like oh. he, he does a, I, he does a live stream all the time i'll have to send you the um he's he does live stream and he's got a huge following and he's playing covers he's in inter- i mean he's pretty entertaining uh I have to. I'm probably messing his name up. And then there's another guy that everyone's like sending me. It's funny, is like you know, like when you're a certain thing, people like send you all those. Whenever they see something, like, oh hey, you know, you're into poodles. Oh hey, you know, and everything poodles. Yeah, you know. And uh, there's the one. I I don't remember his uh, IG screen name. I think he's on YouTube as well. But he's like uh, he's from Europe, maybe Spain. He may be from Spain, uh, and he plays a lot of stuff one handed. And yeah, I, I that's another guy that was like.
1: I think I've seen him. And he's insane. Uh,
0: I mean, he's playing double bass and he's doing, you know, like he's got insane, you know, a stick control and mm. I, yeah,
1: yeah. I remember watching him and thinking, I never got my single stroke roll, let alone in one hand that clean right. and that fast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so too funny, too funny. So, um, so the drum kit set up right, and as you mentioned, you're in the house now, so it's you got it set up. mm Hmm. Okay. Cool. going.
1: So I know, like uh yeah I uh that was uh well when you contacted me uh I had this that stranger things video in my uh saved videos because I wanted to do that for a really long time but I had to clean up that room first and that was that was taking a lot of time but uh when I finally uh set up my drum kit and then I you know put on the hellfire club shirt and made that video uh that's pretty much where everything goes um I I've had that drum kit since I was sixteen years old. Oh wow. And wow. uh, you know, I it's gone with uh it's gone from Oregon to Washington, back to Oregon, over to Texas. And, uh yeah, it's it's been around. <laughs> I
0: I wish I still had my kit. Um I'd actually the kit that I had when I I was, I was in the same boat, right? You know, obviously you went to high school, moved from playing the drums, uh high school moved from New Jersey to Florida you know, try to acclimate and so forth. Didn't bring them with me and then trying to establish and then, uh, never quite got back into it. And then eventually till I moved to South Florida, eventually got my own house and then got started, you know, gotten the drums again. And that's because now I own, right. Like I said, this is my house and now I'm, I don't have to listen to answer to anybody. And <laughs> I, and so it's funny is because I had the, it was again, just let me just get something Didn't have a lot of money time. Just got a, a form kit and keep it you know just kind of gets back into it and then at some point got a gretch catalina kit sold the form to a friend he had it for a while and then at some point i can't remember what happened but anyway like i ended up buying it back from him so which is like so it came like <laughs> full circle it's like so i still have that kit and it's over over 20 year old you know form kit mm-hmm. and uh, so forth but yeah so it's uh I have got to practice more. I'm I, the, the podcast is like consuming. I'm doing more. I'm doing more of one half of this podcast than I am doing the other half of it. And it's obviously drinking rum. <laughs> <So>. Right. <laughs>
1: so. Now, uh, when you were playing the drums, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, when you were playing the drums, I ran into this in the late nineties when I was playing in Seattle, where anybody that saw you with more than snare, bass, drum, hi-hat, crash, ride cymbal, if anybody saw you with more than that, they start accusing you of having a Neil Perk complex. <laughs> Do you ever have that?
0: I, you know, I don't remember having or, or having somebody accuse of that. Uh, maybe because I, you know, you know, I never could afford like the whole big setup. I had like kind of like the opposite when I would meet other musicians, and you know, it was like you know, you answer the ad. I don't remember what it was now. Be before what's the thing anyway before band mix uh, and things like that you know i mean another musician and i had a guy ask me once well how many symbols do you have i'm like what the fuck does that matter <laughs> like how many symbols yeah. i have <laughs> uh, what do you care i mean I, I, is there a certain minimum of symbols that you as a, a guitar player you know I mean, who cares i mean how much do, how many do you know? not yet, maybe unless there's i we never got to maybe if this is where he was going was is this because there's certain songs. Well, hey, let me worry about that. If there's certain songs you mm. want to play that requires, you know, a a china or some other type of symbol, uh, all right, then fine. Um, but again, most of these are just cover bands, and, you know, you can cheat enough along the way that if it is a certain type of splash or crash or thin, medium crash, and, you know, it can, I know for those that are listening and watching that aren't necessarily drummers, yes, it's <laughs> as drums can be just as crazy as guitar players and pedals and uh, you know, and all those things that they have to use to make different effects, you can oh, get God, yes. oh, it can get crazy. You know, like how many sets of hi hats or. But anyway, so I, I always thought that that was an interesting question, and I was thought like, who, who, and again, some it's playing people give respect to those that are playing less because they're tr- they've got to do be more creative playing with less than having a huge drum kit that makes it easier, right? Because there's
1: yeah um dave grohl plays with a three-piece kit uh and maybe three f- four symbols maybe yeah uh taylor hawkins uh same thing uh huge big old I mean, top, r-
0: rack tom right and then obviously yeah. the floors yeah,
1: yeah yeah but ringo uh he played his whole career with the beatles with just uh hi-hat and two symbols yeah uh you can't really put Keith Moon in that group because uh, I guess he was in heavy competition with all the drummers like uh, uh, well, what was his like name? Ginger Baker uh, and things like that. Ginger Baker. Yeah. Ginger Baker calls him up one day and says, hey, I just added this to my drum kit. And then Keith would run to the store and add two more <laughs> or three more just just to be able to say his drum kits bigger. But, uh, you know, there is a competition a little bit, you know, right between drummers. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Yeah, it's always uh, I, I always have the same thing too. I ask you this a question, you know, is do you ever have the dilemma where you have the drums of the house and people come over and it's not you know like you jam, but do you ever have the the sense that people feel like the your drums are and you don't even need to ask; it's like an open invitation that people come and they want to get on the drums, they want to screw around the drums. But God forbid if you touch a guitars, a guitar, you know, a guitar that's hanging on the wall or whatever without asking. You know, it depends on who the person is too, right? But it's like you know, I yeah. have, I'll have the drums in my house. It used to be set up right in front of the front of the room. Walk, you walk in the living room and it's right there. So it was always usually you know, big open uh, room, and you know, of course, people's kids would come over or whatever. It's like if my kids grabbed your guitar, you know, or touched it or whatever, you'd freak out. But yet you let what's I get very frustrated with that. That's a, that's a big pet peeve of mine.
1: Yeah. That happened in high school a long time ago. Uh, like when I was playing with my band in high school, that the first time it happened, I'm sitting there watching as I'm playing the drums, I'm watching the guitar player. I'm watching the bass player. And I'm thinking to myself, I can do that. And, uh, so, you know, then we take a break or whatever. And, and all of a sudden the guitar player decides to start hitting my drums. And then I walk over to his guitar and he, you know, if he was armed, I'd probably be killed. But, uh, I was like, what, you're sitting at my drums. Right. And, uh, well, you know, what, what's the deal in, uh, but it was okay to touch my drums, but it's uh, not okay, okay to, uh, I've heard, I've heard more than one. Uh, well, I think it was Zach Starkey when he did that, uh, did the, an Oasis album. Uh, He played the drums for one of Oasis's albums, and he said that it became a problem because he didn't know why he was there. Because uh, he plays the drums and the drums only, but everybody else plays their instrument and also plays the drums. So, you know, every once in a while somebody would wander over to the drums and play something, and then he's like, Why am I here?
0: Oh, it's stupid. it's kind of like it, I'm sure you watched the, the the Get Back documentary, right? Is that like last oh, year? Oh, god, yes. Just, yeah. Just seeing how they were all, yes. I mean, they were all amazing musicians on their own right. So again, whether it was Paul or somebody else jumping on on drums and you know kind of doing their thing, they they all can play every instrument, which was which is you know why they were so brilliant. Uh, but
1: I remember, I uh, have seen tons of footage of that and how kind of cockeyed even George Martin got. When Ringo started playing the piano, you know, showing them Octopus's Garden, and everybody's like, "What?" <laughs> That's a bizarre. I know. It's just the name of the
0: song. It's just, and the, whole, the song, just listening to the lyrics is, is yeah. Uh, it's, it's bizarre. I saw him this past fall uh, with the All Star Band, and that was that was a great oh, show. That, yeah, yeah. So, Greg. I've always wanted to see that. Yeah, Greg. Um, Greg Bissonette had he was playing drums, and it was cool because you know Ringo would get up. Yeah, you know, I mean the whole the whole Star band, would they would all play their own songs, which is cool because you you know you got to hear Steve Luther Luther, uh, play Rosanna and Toto or um, mm-hmm. you know Africa or and you know and that and then uh, and, and Edgar Winter was playing Frankenstein, you know. So it was a really cool evening, just you know watching these musicians play and then Bisnett, you know, he doesn't sing, he doesn't have his own stuff, but he did his little drum solo stuff where he was playing. Different drum licks, you know, which was kind of cool, you know, whether it was hot for teacher or whether it was other stuff that people knew the drum parts. So I was like, all right, that's kind of cool, especially for a drummer. It's, you know, obviously cool. Uh, but yeah, it was, that's, it was just a show.
1: That's kind of how I, uh, uh, when I was playing the drums in high school the uh, for uh, winter performance or uh, spring performance or something like that with the school, they asked me to do a drum solo somewhere in there just because I was playing the drums for everything else. So they, you know, decided to give me a little bit of a spotlight. And when it came to making up a drum solo, I was like, okay, I can do this technique. I can do this technique. I'm bored. So I started splicing together a whole bunch of songs, you know, of drum parts that I like, like the intro to sing, 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 or the intro to, or, or the, uh, when it, I didn't have a double bass, but I kind of faked it, uh, that um, center middle part in one. I threw that in there mm-hmm. or, you know, a yeah. little jazz time or maybe just straight punk smash things, you know, um, uh, that's, that's the only way that I ever could feel good about doing a drum solo. I couldn't, for some reason, I just like, yeah, I can show off technique, but right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's not, it's, it's not as fun as guitar solos. I mean, drum solos are cool, but it's got, Yeah there's a right way and a wrong way that yeah it can be put together where it can be very boring
1: uh for, i for remember a friend of mine telling me, uh when he went to go see uh some band uh uh maybe it was primus i don't know but uh when the drum solo started he said he turned around to his girlfriend and two friends that he went to and he's okay time to go to the bathroom you know <laughs> I guess, and I was just like, oh, nice. You got to disrespect yeah. the drummer. <laughs> as
0: usual, right? Because we're stuck in the back. Nobody nobody knows what we look like. <laughs> no respect, no respect. So, hey, so, Anthony, let's, uh, you know, again, I, I'm fascinated to, to talk to you about also, um, yeah, obviously, the podcast, and obviously, you know, one of the big things that, you know, you're, you're, you talk about on the podcast and the guests you have on, and obviously, uh, as you mentioned, you know, you have discussions about the service industry, bartending, uh, and so forth. So, how did you know? So how how did you get into bartending? Was that just kind of a, you know, did did you go to did you like go to school? Or to kind of was like OTJ and just kind of involved? Or yeah, tell, tell me this. Um,
1: I decided to be a bartender because I saw an ad for a bartending school on TV, and when I got there, uh, they said they had job placement assistance. They they said we're gonna teach you maybe a hundred drinks but you'll probably remember only 10 when you leave. And, you know, I was, you know, I accepted that. But, uh, the funny thing about that, when I left the, uh, left the bartending school, they did have job placement assistance. They sent me to this one place that said they needed a a bartender. I went in, I did the interview. And then all of a sudden the guy says, well, I think what we're looking for here is somebody with more experience and then I looked him dead in the eye, and I said, "Then why did you call the bartending academy?" And because <laughs> you don't have experience when you leave school, right? That's yeah. that's with everything, yeah. Uh, and uh, eventually, uh, I did end up finding uh, finding a job doing banquet bartending. Did that for a little while, not very interesting, just because it was only bartend for three or four hours, mm-hmm. and you know, cleanup took longer. But uh, eventually, I did get behind a real bar, and I was a bartender for about eight years. And I, I used it mostly because uh, I'm actually starting to find out a lot re- uh, recently that a lot of bartenders are introverts. And I didn't know that at back at that time, but I, I'm a bit of an introvert, and so I decided to use that as an opportunity to learn how to be in front of people be and learn how to speak and be friendly you know <laughs> um but uh yeah that's pretty much how i got started in the bartending service
0: that's that's interesting you know you figure yeah bartenders you know uh well i guess it depends on the bar right is you know yeah that's an inter- that is really interesting i i would have never i would have never known you know never thought of that is that most bartenders are introverts and yeah you're right it's it's almost like a toast taking a Toastmasters class you know and you because know, it's it forces you to have to talk to people and you know i mean yeah if people if people say i hate you know i hate dealing with customers but then they keep working customer service jobs it's like well then why do you keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I mean, sean sean in the chat I mean, agrees I- yeah he goes that's interesting i wouldn't have thought that either yeah so that's it that's Interesting tidbit. I mean a lot of
1: bartenders there I mean, I'm not saying all bartenders are introverts, but a lot that I've met uh since I started doing the podcast, a lot of people refer to themselves as an intro introvertive type of person. But when like in my case, uh when I got behind the bar, it's like oh say the director said action and then I go into a character and I, you know, I start telling jokes, I start smiling. Yeah. <laughs> and uh but as soon as the last person leaves the bar lock the door turn off the open sign back to <sighs> do
0: you do you feel at, at the end of the night or you know maybe initially when it was like that did you feel like it was such a like an energy drain at that end of the night that you had to go that you were switching it off it's almost like performing right and that's kind of why i do a thursday yeah. night happy hour show uh that was that was like we talked earlier was you know the 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 pitfalls of doing a live podcast, you know, we both do mainly is the, our our bread and butter is the audio format. And I've always wanted to do live and kind of balance out both video and audio, YouTube, grow out, YouTube, et cetera. And I've always struggled early on. And that's why I can't touch, I can't learn to not touch the stove, the hot stove, because I keep wanting to come back to, obviously, obviously, that's why we're doing the live tonight, is... (laughs) But that's where my Thursday night happy hour show started. Was like I was missing performing, right? I was missing. That was what I was missing as you know, a drummer is per, put you know performing or, or doing a thing and talking and and, and so forth. And uh, so that that's yeah. And but I, same thing. You put on a persona. This is and I find it interesting because I think sometimes like in a, I, I've got a I've got a day job. It's an office job. And I think you know if anyone had any you know some people know I do this, and it's like look this is should be no different if you were going to see me you knew if you knew I was playing in a rock band cover band locally there should be no difference. I'm performing at a, yeah. at a thing. I'm not doing anything illegal, and um, you know, as long as so yeah so that's how I always looked at. It. It's like it's a persona like acting. Right? Does mm. actors really act like that? No, they are acting. So actors for musicians and you know yeah some musicians do live that lifestyle but you know <laughs> not yeah. all of them
1: well uh i didn't think of it that way missing performing because uh when i first moved out here to texas 12 years ago uh i left a lot of friends behind uh i wasn't playing music anymore i wasn't you know i was just work 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 and uh how hey bartender podcast came around cuz uh I had been listening to Kevin Smith's podcast for a really long time. Okay. And uh, there a long time ago, I sat back and thought if I started a podcast, what would it be about? And then I started thinking there's already too many podcasts about the Beatles. There's already too many podcasts about star Trek. Uh, How, how long can you do a a podcast about firefly? It was only 13 episodes. Uh, You know, Uh, you know, so I was I was throwing ideas around constantly, but then all of a sudden I'm uh I used to work in wind energy, Mm. and I'm up uh I'm up tower and I'm telling these bartending stories to my partner or partners as the case may be, and they're like paying attention. They're not just humoring me and laughing. They're they really wanted to listen to the story. You know, uh, I get caught up in something, then they're like. Now finish that story. What were you saying about that 21-year-old? <laughs> and uh all of a sudden it dawned on me, a podcast about bartending stories. And I thought it uh there and then, so I started looking up uh other bartender uh bartending podcasts mm. and most of them were, you know, telling oh, let's say the origin tale of Yukon mm. Jack right. or uh if you mix this with this, you get a really interesting buzz or something like that. And, you know, they weren't talking about the service industry in general. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to try that. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. 260 something episodes later, uh, I'm doing okay with it, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was, I, I think you're right. I did kind of miss talking to people, friends, Mm -hmm. people that have, uh, stories like mine. Right. And that's when I started inviting guests on and stuff like that. Cause it, at first it was just me. Right. But, uh, I started inviting guests on and then we start sharing stories, you know, cause I like to think of Hey Bartender podcast is if you've ever worked in the service industry, uh, a lot of the times you'll go to like Denny's or Sherry's or something like that after shift, and sit around a table eating breakfast at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning and talk about what happened that night or, you know, just regular BSing. And that's kind of the atmosphere that I try to keep the show. Yeah. And cause you know, we're just swapping stories is all and, and no, try to promote them of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cause yeah.
0: Cause that's a, that's an excellent cause yeah. People love to hear the stories, right. There there's a, a you know, good storyteller or, I mean, hell. Listen, I mean, look at the as much as the true crime genre has oh. blown up because there it's a story, or we're going to tell you about this story about this crime, and there's a, you know, um, yeah, I I, I totally understand you know, the starting out part where you have to either beg, borrow, you know, friends or people, or try to do it solo, and you're like me, right? And I have a little bit of sometimes the 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 jealous, I don't want to say jealous, but it's a it, you know, like man, I there's others that are doing their things to as a co- with other people or as another, at least another person. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I don't have it, and that's some of it. Where w- some of the live shows I've done, there's a uh, local distributor here uh, that you know they came on, they wanted to promote some stuff. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then the president came on, and it, it, we were just kind of people could see that there was a, a banter going on. There's some you know kind of, and that's some of those things you miss in that kind of when you're by yourself like i said as you know it's hard to keep that like your recent episode you know I, i'm sure that was kind of tough as it was a soul you know with a solo episode you've got to control what you want to talk about without kind
1: of <laughs> going yeah.
0: on a tangent oh
1: <laughs> uh, i uh, uh well you yeah, have to control yourself of what you're talking about i mean when all these people when not all these people um i'm gonna break it down a little bit more modestly sorry uh when some people started approaching me to be on the show uh for example you and i were talking about it before you hit record Uh, there's rocks uh Rock Sound run they approached me one day and said hey can we come on your show and talk about our product because we're about to launch and i said absolutely and then all of a sudden i get free stuff cool you know and uh you know, but, uh, you know, when people started approaching me to come on the show to talk about their product, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is absolutely, this yeah. is fun. And, uh, the, some of the stories that I get from people that, um, are, you know, just upstarting their own business, uh, there it's, you know, encouraging it's, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, inspiring. Yeah, you know, you know, because, uh, like, there was one guest I had on my show a while back. She was just working at the bar that she was working at, and all of a sudden, one day, her boss turned around and said, "I feel like doing something else. You want the bar?" and sold it to her. Oh wow! And <laughs> and I was just like, "That is awesome!" <laughs> Please come on my show and talk about that. Yeah.
0: You know? I, you know, and it's uh, and yeah, so the people you have on or the businesses, you know, I think that's an interesting part is that you know it's. Uh, you know, I love talking with distillers or company brands or rum brands that come on uh, that are mom and pop, right? Because everyone is chipping away between Bacardi and Captain Morgan. 50% of the rum market is those two companies. And then everyone right. else fights over the rest of the other 50%. And, you know, just kind of talking to them, especially, you know, when I started, it was just before lockdown happened. So I didn't start because of the pandemic. But, and then going through and then after we got through it, and especially here in Florida, it was pretty... We, we definitely were an opportunity where we were uh, quite a bit open than most states and just talking to the, you know these companies were like <laughs> how did you make it through you know it's great to hear that you ju- of course a lot of them were like hey we just started a company in 2019 and then the pandemic happened and it's like god you know that t- talk about timing talk about all these things you go through and it's like it's great to see that you made made it through it you know you're you have your passion your dream to kind of keep moving forward and i'm sure it was very tough very nerve-wracking but uh, like i said uh, so, all right. So Sean, I will, right, we'll, I'll catch you later, Sean. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, Sean just, uh, said, got to run to, uh, he's got to, he's got to watch another live here. Uh, but he said, I'll definitely <laughs> rewatch just subbed. Hey, bartender podcast. So there you go. So there you got a new, new uh, listener right. there. So thank thanks, you, Sean. Uh, yeah. So I, I, lo- yeah, same thing. It, it's love talking. So most of these companies are, are local or is it kind of just broad all over?
1: Um. No. Anybody that uh wants you know anybody that wants to promote their stuff and they hear about my podcast, I've I've had uh, uh, whiskey, rise, uh, rum, vodka companies come on the show. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Just uh uh usually some of the I used to set out a stipulation that if I'm going to talk to one of your ambassadors, I want them to have worked in the service industry okay uh but i've been a little bit lax on that lately just because some the distilling in uh part of it i i've talked to some uh distillers mm. and that's really interesting stuff yeah but uh like the ambassador for uh, uh vodka that i had on my show uh he was a uh all-around travel bartender he got hired to do uh, big events, things like Cannes film film and wow. other stuff. And, he, and so I beat the crap out of him for some celebrity stories because I'm uh, I'm a I'm a complete slut for those stories. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, those but, that worked in the industry that become in bat right because they can actually you know that's that's why they can speak it or ones that have been behind the bar and you know I've had a couple on that. Again, if you ever want me to, you know, make your connection, if somebody you see that, you know, let me know and I'll make the introduction is like Ian Burrell, who's known as the global rum ambassador. Now, I know, you know, ambassadors is a broadly used term, you know, but he's been recognized in brand and so forth. But, you know, he's his story was, you know, he came on, talked story was in, you know, in England and, you know, he's a Jamaican guy living in England. And, you know, so. Uh, he knew about rum, obviously the right fit because obviously it, all those things go together. And, and you know, and again, he knows his product. He actually owns also a portion of uh, Equiano rum, and uh, but yeah, but he started behind the bar. So then, then he can educate, and he could talk, he can talk about it. And the uh, same thing with um, um, Mitch from I'm drawing a blank on his last name, but uh, from Black Tot rum. You know, he was also a bartender in in the UK and in some pretty big name places. In so yeah, it's always interesting because then they know as far as selling the product, you know, mm. so we need, Anthony, we need to get you to become a brand ambassador for somebody. So, all right. So if, whoever's listening to this, so he can talk, he can speak. He's got, <laughs> he's got, you know, the knowledge behind the bar. He knows what products are and what they are. So, uh, but that's kind of, that's kind of really cool. Uh, So yeah. yeah so what, before. so to how far did you, so how far, so what are we talking about? Almost 2019. Did you start?
1: Uh, I, th- it's been, uh, about four Five maybe six years, so um, uh, nice. not consistent because I, yeah. I, I took some time off here and there, right? But um, yeah, it's been about uh, been about five or six years I've been doing this show, and I've got to meet some uh, pretty incredible people. I mean, uh, there's this like core group of bartenders in New York, and they uh, I guess they take up a park somewhere in hell's kitchen and you know bring out the bluetooth speaker and sit and listen to Hey bartender podcast in the bar park and uh, oh, that's you cool, know man. i think that's cool as hell oh yeah and uh you know, uh if i don't say boogie's name he'll probably get pissed but yeah you know, yeah uh he was on the show but uh one time my favorite moment so far i mean i got tons of favorite moments with the podcast um i got an email from a, a girl on uh on Facebook, she said that her uh, husband or boyfriend at the time was a huge fan of the podcast and they were from England. And I'm like, my God, they're listening to me in England. That's pretty cool. And uh, he's, she she was wondering if I could give him a birthday shout out or, you know, just, you know, do kind of like one of those, what are they uh, cameo things? Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And I said, hell, I'll do you one better. I'll say it during the show. And she, that would be awesome. <laughs> and, uh, I did it. And, uh, I had him on the show a few weeks later and I, and, you know, cause they were like, thank you so much. That meant so much to us. And I said, well, come on the show. And I, I and he came on the show. He said that he was jumping around his house, excited. <laughs> he was a little drunk, but, uh, he's jumping around his house and excited. And I, I asked his wife for a, uh, reaction video. And she told me she couldn't do that because he was in his pants or in his underwear at the time. <laughs> so and I'm like, okay, yeah, please don't send me that.
0: <laughs> so those are the best uh, ones. That's going right to TikTok. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I invited him on my show, and I got to know uh, the huge differences between liquor laws in England compared to the United States, and uh, I found that incredibly interesting. Mm. And I did I. And I look at my, uh, um, uh, where people are listening to Hey Bartender podcast and I'm like, people listen to me in India. Huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it actually floors me and I'm greatly, I'm hugely appreciative of it, but, uh, it's just funny.
0: <laughs> it, it's uh, who's your host? Who's your host with my host? With? The, uh, the podcast hosting company. Oh, my, uh, my, my studio. Uh, yeah, or uh, who who do you? I guess who?
1: Uh, oh, who do I? Yeah, like uh, Podbean
0: or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I use uh, uh, I just blanked on it. <laughs> Anchor.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm with Buzzsprout, and uh, yeah, I hear a lot of people talk about Anchor. So, it, I, 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 yeah the the, the analytics and in tools, and uh, yeah, it's it, it is it is really cool when you can see where people are listening and it's you're right it's like how did they how does somebody you know like i i you know so i took the month of december off and i was really worried about i see, you know let me take a little break i want to catch on some things and this is the first time uh, that i took a break uh well here in florida we had hurricanes so i i had i had went every week since january 2021 and up until october 22 it was the first time I actually had a gap in the podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. So again, it was, it sucked, but again, you know, my job came first and and things, other things, priorities. uh, And then finished up, told everybody in the last episode that I was going to take a break for December. And I've been trying to been talking with other, some other folks about possibly, you know, working together to start like a a network, you know, with like minded shows and so forth. And, Mm uh so that was the idea to kind of start and then um, start of december i just had this idea about doing a short because i guess apparently in 2023 micro podcasts are like the thing and i started a short form podcast while i was in the car driving to work and my ex, my my drive to work is like no more than 10 minutes i'm that close to work i'm on and off the highway so i figured i right, was like all right this is it you know it's, you're you're at this episode gonna be 10 minutes or less or it's free you know again it was just like if i was car <laughs> if you were carpooling with me these are some of the things that i was you know that i was thinking about was wanted to discuss right so again it's a solo show but i'm discussing while you know while i'm actually in the car so this is authentic and uh but then after looking at some of the episodes now i'm putting one out every day and again just recording phone request very minimal editing and then put it out i think i started to kind of dilute the my my existing channel because then it was like all right well this isn't drums and this isn't rums but i mean it's me but i'm not talking yeah. about either one of those two things so i ended up backing out those episodes uh or delisting them i was like all right well we'll keep it we'll see how that experiment went but it was interesting i did zero promotion on that on any social media um they were getting picked up and listened to in like South America and you know and in and other places and I was like how is this getting picked who who was stumbling across this because <laughs> it's underneath the drums and rums channel but I'm not getting these same places on the you know on the drums and rums shows th- that have already been posted and so forth so yeah I'm always fascinated at how that all works and how the algorithms and things and people stumble across shows and yeah you know, so like I said social media as you know and I know you you're you're a big Instagram guy too and you know I want to talk about that is, you know, you, you've got you put together a lot of a really good content. I really thought the the, the state laws were interesting because like a lot of people don't know, like you said, about the laws. That's why that was the roundabout way. How, as you mentioned about the laws in England, this is how I'm getting back to yeah.
1: <laughs> what you said yeah. there about this. I get you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I'd heard. Uh, yeah, that only be- happened because I had heard that there are a lot of strange laws out there um you know, you know you hear about certain things you there are certain adult positions you can't get into i don't know how dirty i can get on this show sorry go for it <laughs> go for it <laughs> there are certain like sexual positions you can't get into uh, in certain states that are considered illegal you know they, i think there's even a law in uh, in oregon where oral sex is illegal that but that's been you know long forgotten about right thank god but um uh, <laughs> uh i started wondering if there were strange liquor laws out there and so i that's when i started doing the research and that helped boost me on tiktok because basically my tiktok and my uh instagram page are virtually the same same. but uh that helped boost my tiktok because you know i'd hashtag the state that i did that day and then, you know, everybody wants to know about that because they live in that state, you know, or they follow that particular state. Right, right. That's it. I so that. I did get some backlash a little bit from it because, you know, some people, like, that's not true. They do this, that. and that. I was like, I just, did, you know, researched it on the internet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's on the internet. It's true. So shut up.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Blame Google. Blame Wikipedia. I trust everything in Wikipedia, even though we all can edit Wikipedia ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> No, that, I, I, you know, as you know, right, is, is, is being a content creator more than just, you know, podcast is, uh, and, you know, it's, there's some, there's some work into it, you know, and again, I I have been there's a lot of
1: work. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, and again, especially when you're, you know, a solo, a solo, uh, you know, uh, guy doing this is, you know, I've been looking a little bit more into, uh, you know, people that are creating user generated content and actually getting paid for and things like that, you know, um, you know, like everybody, you eventually start out learning a lot of these different things, skill sets that I've, you know, have acquired over the last three years: editing and audio and this and speaking and, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of an interesting, you know, how how it all comes about. But that's something that I haven't had. My my problem is again, idea goes, you know, comes in, and then it's like, you know, I'm and I've I've got to work on more planned and you know content. Uh, for you know, IG or even, uh, any of the video version stuff, right? So, but yeah, but no, I mean, you're, you I mean, you're killing it. So, I yeah, I think it's freaking hilarious there. So, the, uh, keep it up.
1: It's yeah, it's it's just so so much work. Cause uh, I mean, I'll, uh, during the day, I'll be driving, uh, driving around, listen, you know, and I'll say listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast, and I sit there and go. Uh, you know I I sit there and I beat myself up you know if I skip a week two weeks uh, and I beat myself up come on if you want to see this podcast successful you got to keep on it keep on it and uh then I you know I listen to Conan I'm like, how does he do it but then all of a sudden I listen to the end of the show Conan O'Brien started Conan O'Brien assisted by Sonamossefsi and produced by this guy You know right uh, talent produced by this guy I'm like he's got help. Yeah. I have to do the editing. I yeah. have to, you know, <laughs> all the social the media. <laughs> yeah. So I don't beat myself up too much. Cause there are just times where you're just tired. You know, yeah. you gotta take a break for a minute. But, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you this one thing. Uh, I hadn't been running the podcast for very long and I was doing this uh, uh, safety uh, uh, safety meeting in South Carolina And they brought in a guy who talks a lot about workplace safety stuff. And he has his own podcast and stuff like that. But when he started talking about the podcast, he said, "Uh, how many people here know what a podcast is? Maybe three people out of 40 raised their hands. And I raised my hand and I said, I have one. And then he turns and looks at me and goes, you were the least interesting person in this room until you said that. (laughs) (laughs) And, but this guy was hilarious because he started off his speech. He, I mean, he knew how to really grab the audience by the balls because he started off by, uh, start, uh, saying, never eat a laxative and a sleeping pill at the same time. Uh, yeah, you know, that, you know, that got our attention almost immediately. But when he took me aside for a few minutes, he said, I'll give you a piece of advice, whatever you do, just keep doing it. Eventually people will come to you. Right. And I, that was incredibly encouraging. And I totally appreciate that guy to this day for, you know, giving me that a uh, little bit of knowledge. Yeah, reassurance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, it's, uh, you, you know, you're, 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 I know, you know, those that want to start it out when, or how to get into it, you know, always I, people ask me, it's like, how do you do a pop? I'm like, basically you hit record and record yourself. <laughs> And you have yeah, a company, you know, too. yeah, you get a, yourself a hosting company and you put your stuff up and that's pretty much it, you know, and, mm. um, and the people are very amazed by it. It's like, yeah, you, you know, again, the problem is people know Joe Rogan and that's where yeah. everyone's bar is. Right. And it's like, look, not everyone is Joe Rogan. Nobody will be Joe Rogan. Um, there's yeah. other that are very successful and, and can, you know, but Joe Rogan also was, you know, known before podcasting and, you know, that, you know, you you know ufc and he was an actor and you know and all the comedian and all these things so uh but you're right is and i think I, I i assume it's still the stat for you know for those that are listening is most podcasts that people start out don't make it past i think like the seventh episode
1: yeah yeah it's and it's like no, wow this. only
0: seven you know because yeah they figure out it's like, yeah, this is actually hard.
1: Literally- <laughs> Yeah, there are literally millions of podcasts out there, but they don't make it very far because they ran out of ideas before episode twenty, let's say. And uh, I think bringing guests onto the show ended up giving my show longevity because mm-hmm. I would have run out of bar-tending stories a long time ago. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and you know, I'm not I'm not here to teach. I'm here to entertain. So, yeah. uh, and I think that's pretty much what it comes down to because if i didn't you know all of a sudden say you know what i think i want to bring guests on the show i don't uh i think i probably would have stopped years ago but right. it's um it's been fun to get to meet meet all these people and usually people are like i've never heard of your show but hell yeah i'll be on it You know?
0: yeah right yeah yeah it's uh it's funny is that in in most most that don't under it's like no look if you if I'm asking you, I think your what you've got is either inter- informative or entertaining, and I want to talk to you, right? And right. If, you know, and again, if I think, you know, that, and again, like your audience, if you've got somebody on, obviously, if they like you, it's like one of those. If you're, if you're, if I'm a friend of yours, you, you know, you, you know, whatever that analogy is, you know, friend of mine is friend is yours kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I like I'm I'm that same boat, right? It's that I always had started out wanted to talk to folks and uh, but again i'm sure the same way we evolve have evolved over our journey in our podcasting you know world is you know i started out with an idea and thought how things were and then changed, and then changed, and you know and again you kind of keep kind of adjusting but be consistent because that's why i worried about taking a full month off and then throwing a whole bunch of other stuff in there that like did i hurt myself a bit do I have to kind of rebuild and I was actually going to take a little break during the summer of last year when I hit my 100th episode and but I had a great rum guest uh went up to Georgia to interview the the owner of this distillery in Georgia and I, it it got a lot of traction you know again I do social media to promote through it also and it got a lot of traction I was like well shit I don't want to stop now cuz I've got a little bit of a you know a little buzz or groundswell and so I kept pushing through it and you know like I said it's Probably the biggest thing is being pl- planning and, and being organized to kind of make it easier with guests and prepping and all that.
1: Yeah, um, I uh, last summer my parent um, my whole family went on vacation together, and uh, so I sat back and thought, okay, I'm going to be gone two weekends. I need to get at least three shows. In the can before i leave and you know i worked hard you know you know calling people messaging people please be on my show and uh then it uh i got all three of those done and then i thought okay i can enjoy my vacation all i have to do is take out my cell phone hit post all good to go and but when christmas came around i was i was like time to take a break (laughs) yeah and Cause I've done lots of Christmas episodes and uh, new year's episodes. You know, I, it's, it's okay. You, you, it's one of those things like uh, uh, another podcaster, uh, Vicki Magar. Uh, she does peace toast and jam uh, is her name of her podcast. Uh, you got to give yourself permission to take a break. And you, so that was me saying, okay, time to sit back, relax for a little while. And so yeah, I can come back fresh, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's important to get a little bit of, like we're talking about the drums, right? You take a little break from it and then you're like ready to kind of explore it and go all into it. Cause you just need that mental, that the break the routine. Cause it, it becomes a grind and it becomes, then you feel like it's a burden and it's a kind of, you know, now you're chained to it. And at least that's how I had, sometimes I've gone through and I feel is uh, like that. And uh, uh, so what's uh what give us a crazy bar,
1: bar story here oh god um, let's see uh, well my the favorite uh, I have two that I like talking about a lot of the times is uh, uh, in the bar there were these two guys in one of the bars I worked there were these two guys that were uh, regular blue collar guys worked out uh, outdoors and you know uh, reasonably friendly but not really uh, they thought they were smart asses and stuff like that and they were actually after my co-worker my my co-worker shannon she she and i uh, bartended at the same time on busy nights but they were hitting on her constantly and uh whenever they came in they said oh anthony's here well i guess i'll just stick around for a couple you know but uh that (laughs) happened constantly i have nothing against my friend shannon she and i are still friends to this day but um uh the one thing that sh- Shannon brings up all the time is uh, I'm kind of a smart mouth every once in a while. <laughs> and sometimes things just pop out of my head. It's nothing's original. I steal from comedians, I steal from TV shows. But uh, one time, one of those guys, the blue collar worker guys, he stands up and he goes, Anthony, do you want to step outside? And I looked him right in the eye and I said, No, thanks. I don't need a blowjob right now. And that froze him up. <laughs> Everybody's laughing, sitting, you know, sitting around laughing at him. And that uh I, you know, I felt pretty good about myself for saying that. <laughs> diffused everything that quickly. But, uh, you know, the uh, early on in my career, you think uh, I've had uh, workers that accidentally started on a bad night or their first week ended up having a bad night in it where a fight broke out or something like that. And uh, I hadn't been bartending for very long. And then all of a sudden, these guys start to get into a fight. You know, shirts come off, fist goes up. And I see uh, I'm new to bartending at this time, so I didn't know what the proper procedure was. But I see Shannon come out from behind the bar to try to break it up. I grab her, throw her aside, and then I get between the two guys, pull one off the other. And once we got, you know, everybody uh, outside or, you know, we had everything sorted back out. I go back behind the bar. I got this smile on my face and I turn and look at my friend Shannon. I said, what the hell were you thinking you're doing? You got kids to go home to. You know, you're jumping out in the middle of a fight like that. Um, When then she explained to me, because she had been a bartender for a lot longer than I had. She explained to me that women can actually defuse bar fights faster than men. Mm. And I did find that out a lot later because there was a bar fight that started happening. Some guys had uh, a uh, disagreement on a pool uh, on a pool shot. Right. And they started fighting. I grabbed one guy, pulled him off, and then I stared the other guy who was about twice my size. I stared him down and I thought, I'm no longer a bartender. I've just become a contender. And, but luckily for me, about five seconds after that, he, his face went from, I'm going to kill to, I just fucked up <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, uh, he had to go to, uh, uh, go to jail that night for, uh, wow. you know, for bar fight yeah, and all stuff that, right? like yeah. that, but uh, yeah, th- there's, I mean, I can't really say anything absolutely, you know, that spun my head around crazy things happen. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's just interesting how things in a bar can go from "Hi, everybody's happy, we're full of energy" to psycho yeah. in no time flat. Ding ding
0: <laughs> ding 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 ding. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. yeah I it's, that's an, that's an interesting. I would have never thought about the, the that that which said there about you know female bartenders diffusing. Uh, yeah, because most 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 of the time, you know, probably. I, I don't know the statistics, but I would assume like 99% of the bar fights are usually between two guys. The women mm-hmm. do get into fights, yes. Um, and you're right, is probably, again, a very high percentage that, you know, once a woman, you know, nobody wants to be the one who accidentally hit hit a woman, you know, not because on purpose, but because they got in the, in the middle of something. And then you still mm-hmm. look at the end of the day, they may have gotten shit and have been in that, that place, some would feel, but you're still going to feel bad if you accidentally hit a woman because you, you know uh, that's, yeah, I guess a coyote ugly, I guess. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying that women uh, is a guarantee. If you throw a woman in between uh, a fight that it, they'll diffuse it immediately. I have met a number of servers, a number of bar, um, bartenders uh, who are female mm-hmm. who uh, had to go home with the shiner or uh, they uh, had a, cut on them because uh something flew through the air or something like that it, it, they can get hurt but there's there are a lot of guys that just all of a sudden you know see a woman standing there and then all of a sudden crap
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it's very cool all right so so anthony so are you ready for the rapid fire segment here I'll do my best. All right. So here we go. So we're going to queue up this and uh, we're going to go through our rapid fire segment. And we're going to give you the in four beats because you are a drummer here. So. (laughs) All right. In four beats or less. So here we go. We're going to come back here and then we're going to queue this up here. So uh, the way this works is in four beats or less. Don't overthink these questions. The first thing that comes to mind, answer the questions. And then again, we're just having fun here. All right. So in four beats or less, our first question here is all the drummers get this question. So again, I'm sure you know, you, you know what it is. Cause you listen to the podcast In four beats or less. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of drummers?
1: Uh, Keith Moon, right. uh, Ringo Starr, uh, Lars Ulrich, uh, Gene Krupa.
0: Okay. There you go. <laughs> all right. Okay. I've had some di- different answers, interesting answers. I've had some ask, you know, it's my mount Rushmore, so I can put however many I want, so there's no limit. <laughs> I never said there was a limit, but you know so it's interesting always uh yeah, it's always interesting uh, you said there's some different names you get thrown into from time to time, and uh you know there's some that are you know obviously very you know similar all right, so in four beats or less, okay, best concert you've been to.
1: Uh Billy Joel Elton John Duets Tour.
0: Oh wow. I know. I know a lot of people talk about that one. Yeah. Two great piano players and uh to see two legends, right?
1: Yeah. Um uh for the tour for specific specific tour I went on, I think it was probably the last tour that Liberty DeVito did with Billy Joel. Okay. But uh Elton John brought back his original, original, original drummer. Oh wow. Uh uh for that tour. And uh, it, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I'm a big fan of Billy Joel. I'm more of a fan of Billy Joel than I am Elton John, but I developed, uh, you ever have that moment where after you see somebody live, you appreciate them more than you did before.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And cause yeah, again, that was kind of me and Elton John. <laughs> cause
0: it can be, you can be very, very removed from it. And then until you see the performance like, wow, okay, this guy, this guy, gal, you know, can really yeah. rock and put on a good show. So you respect the, that they're they're putting on a show
1: rather than whatever else you may see so okay all right and very- plus you know Billy Joel playing Elton John songs Elton John playing Billy Joel songs or them duetting each other's songs it was incredible <laughs> yeah,
0: that's it last night when i had uh Pete McLaughlin on from uh, Dad's Unfiltered podcast and also drummer he had, he had, he hit me with that question he goes so have you ever heard a song played that was like the band totally changed the way that it was you know and i guess what he meant what i think what he meant was if let's say the Metallica, so say if I went to see Metallica and I was expecting to hear Enter Sandman and they played Enter Sandman like in a ska version, right? Would I have been pissed <laughs> off about it? You know, I mean, whatever. You know, and I said, you know, yeah. I said I can't, yeah, that's, that's... I can't, I can't remember ever. I don't recall that happening, or at least that's ever stuck in my mind, But I do love it when I hear a song, and most of the time it's probably a cover band or, or you know, here in Florida a bar band or something, and they play in, in a different style. Like I've heard there's uh musician here in in west palm and he's they're mostly like you know very florida beachy vibey reggae and they did a cover of uh midnight rider in very much like mm. kind of a reggae kind of kind of vibe i'm like well that's kind of cool you know so uh but yeah but that well, that's my, cool you know seeing obviously favorite, both two the piano players playing each other stuff yeah
1: my uh an example of that that i would uh that i would like to bring up Metallica's Saint Anger album, uh, not well liked, even by me. Um, the version of All Within My Hands they did for uh, the SM2, mm. compared to the version that was on the Saint Anger album itself, I loved it when they played it with the orchestra. I hated it when it was on the Saint Anger album. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's an incredible song. Uh, but I've seen, I've, they've played the acoustic version of it now. And, uh, the St. Anger, that album, I, I want to slap Bob rock sometimes, but yeah,
0: that's when they had, <laughs> <laughs> they had enough. All right. So in four beats or less question, number three, as a bartender here, what drink do you hate making? Anything blended.
1: <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, uh, one of my most popular, most viewed uh, TikTok video was this girl that came in for a 21 run and she asked for a strawberry daiquiri. And I mentioned that little does this girl realize I hate making blended drinks, but it's her 21st birthday. So why not? I'll make it. And she comes back any blended drink. uh, You're not going to taste the alcohol. Uh, The People don't know that. And she comes back up to the bar and says, is there any alcohol in this? And I said, "Yeah, a shot of rum, strawberry mix," and, you know. And she goes, "Well, when I make it at home, I can taste the alcohol." And in my head, I'm going, "Cause I didn't use half the bottle." Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, because anything that's blended, just because the blender's loud, you have to clean it after every time yep. you use it, and then somebody walks off with this blended drink across the bar and then another person looks up and says, Ooh, that looks refreshing. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll have one too. And then you got to make another one. Then you got a loud blender and then yep. you got to clean it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I posted something very similar like that on IG or I don't know, I remember wherever it was, was, you know, again, it was about Dak making daiquiris and, you know, said so, you know, so if go into a bar and I said, Hey, can I have a daiquiri? Oh, we don't have a blender, or the blender's broke, right? It's like no. Well, the blender's broken. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, because they don't want to make the, the. I said no. I said I didn't ask for a frozen daiquiri. I asked for a daiquiri. Well, what's that? I'm like, okay. Apparently, you haven't actually been trained in bartending, but <laughs> and so yeah, that's always a joke. Because when you say people think daiquiri, that immediately they're always thinking frozen daiquiri, you know. And it's like no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. It's actually it's actually one of the hardest drinks to make because it's super simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that's always that's that's funny, and I'm in the same way too, right? Because my wife likes a, you know a blended strawberry that I and wear at home and I'm like, oh, man I gotta clean the blender I gotta do that. you know <laughs> even at home I ain't doing it right So I can understand why the frozen ones you in the in this supermarket uh, <laughs> you just you know kind of already pre uh, frozen so all right <laughs> so question number four here last one here and four beats or less again, it's another kind of bartender thing I think I asked Joel Lakovich this question here, the cocktail scientist our good friend from Rock Sound Runs so big shout out for them. What's the one tool behind the bar you can't be without?
1: Oh, uh, I'd, I'd have to probably go with uh, my my, uh, the paddle uh, bottle opener because uh, that, that can be pretty much used for anything. I mean, uh, get the plastic off mm-hmm. the top of the uh, top of score, the bottle yeah, so you can yeah. get the fork off or open the beer bottles Slap somebody's hand you know. <laughs> I think he may
0: have said something very similar actually It was, yeah, because that, that's probably yeah the one thing is when you're trying to
1: speed open yeah, those bottles oh, up there, and uh I won't have one right away, but <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that'll that's my final answer there. yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> All right, well, very good, so I appreciate you there for coming on here and then playing the in in four beats or less as a drummer here, so you've now have joined our so for the pain and suffering you went through there so there's your shirt there Anthony. there there is you've joined well, right the on. drums and rums alums now as i called it there so yeah, you know, there's your shirt we'll get that out to you we'll send it to you and get your address here afterwards and uh so yeah now it's again it's a, it's a little bit of have fun and uh you know just get to little questions and uh i don't know if that maybe, maybe i should move it up front to make it a little bit more icebreaker-ish but, uh, <laughs> but i don't know you know it's some of the things again it's we're trying to ask that it may lean to other things so Greg, Greg's still in the chat. Thanks, Greg, for hanging in there. So uh, he had a question there, or he says that's why I bought a NutriBullet so I can make blended drinks without a lot of cleanup. Okay, that's, yeah, yeah, good that's idea. Not a bad idea, all right? So again, I think most of them are all battery operated, or you can charge them up, and so forth. So, so, um, so, Anthony. So uh, you know, as we as we wrap up here. So in closing, so all right. So here's your shameless plug segment. Here, what do you want to promote? Plug and. I know you got a, I think something up in the back, and you're right above your head there. I'm sure you want to mention yeah. too. So here you go. Here's your opportunity for shameless plugs.
1: <laughs> okay, shameless plugs. Hey, Bartender Podcast can be followed on any of the social medias: Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All of them are at Hey Bartender Podcast. Listen to Hey Bartender Podcast. It's uh, available on anywhere where you can download your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher. You can even uh, ask Alexa to play hey a Bart- bartender podcast. She'll do it. Um, also, if you are looking for a good deal or you're looking for unique liquors that you might not have heard of, head over to cwspirits.com and when you're checking out, use promo code HEY5, H-E-Y 5, and you get 5% off your entire order. All right. all
0: right. You will definitely have checked out. Right, Greg? We're going to check out that website there. So Greg, Greg's a rum guy, so he's uh, gonna be checking out and see if he's getting some good deals on uh, getting some scoring some bottles there. So,
1: all right, no, uh, I uh, real quick, yeah. Uh, here's one uh, from uh, Humboldt Distillery. I got when I had them on my show. It's uh, organic spiced rum hmm. that they made. I got them on my show originally because of their vodka. Uh, uh, Humboldt Distillery had they have a uh, hemp infused vodka. Oh wow! But their whole uh, their whole thing is to keep it organic. And so when they sent me uh, some samples, uh, they also sent me a uh, sample of their distilled spiced rum, eighty proof. And uh, it's it'll it. Truthfully, I'm not much of uh, I'm not a very good drinker, so this cleared my sinuses really well. <laughs> But uh, uh, it's good stuff. uh, Yeah, it's very rare to see a 80
0: proof spiced again because there's a whole big uh, discussion about the, you know, the definition of rum, you know, and spiced is, you know, it's a flavored rum and then even most captains, you know, there's a local company here in in South Florida. uh, They came out with a, a, you know, uh, an 80 proof spiced rum as well. And I told him, I was like, look, you should be going after Mark Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan doesn't make an 80 proof. And they're, they do have higher proof rums, I know, but like their base product that that's everywhere. I said, that's not even 80 proof. I think it's 70. I said, so that's the stuff you should be like hammering people that that, yeah, you can go find like you know, the black strap stuff or something, the hunter proof, uh, Captain Morgan, but it's not like you're going to get it when you go to a bar and order it. So yeah, it's yeah, 70 uh, proof. Yeah. So it's definitely a, you know, uh, I, I don't know. It's like you're in the same boat, right? You, you, you circle around and you've a lot of through the podcast, learned a lot of things, talking to different people and, you know, and, and kind of sharing different knowledge that people may not be aware of or guidance and so forth. Uh, you know, or yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if if anyone's ever reached out to like for consulting even too, right. Is, is you know, obviously you have a lot of knowledge and uh, a lot of that stuff.
1: Oh, one more thing I'd like to pitch. Yeah. Uh, if any of you, any of your, uh, followers, listeners, I have been in the service industry would like to be a guest on Hey bartender podcast. All you have to do is email me, uh, Hey bartender podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll talk about it and we'll get, uh, get a chance to get you on the show. I'd uh, love go. to have as many guests, even, even musical guests. If you want your song promoted on the show, I'll even do that. There you
0: go. All right. So, yeah. So yeah, at the we, we've got a lot of similarities there. So I, you know, I definitely think there's probably some future synergies here and, uh, I, like i said if there's any guests that you see that you know may have been interesting um you know i'll definitely make the introduction and uh yeah that's a great way again we're always we're always as as anthony talked about. we're always trying to line up the schedule and say please okay i don't want to throw a, a a goose egg out there this week i need to get something to talk about or somebody to talk about and uh so forth right uh, for sure so right yeah so no i appreciate you coming on Anthony. um i think it was a lot it's of been- very cool stuff um so, yeah, this it's been a blast. Yeah, I mean, I know we could definitely chat a lot longer. Uh, so <laughs> we'll def- like I said, we got to have to do something else. I mean, maybe we try to do some live streams or, or uh, again, maybe come back on um, the happy hour and kind of do some stuff there and make some drinks. Because yeah. um, I started up a part of the happy hour as a, a cocktail camera. I've got another camera that's aiming down on the bar here and then kind of the show making drinks. And uh, so maybe we can definitely do that. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, let's keep in touch and, uh, collab some stuff. And, uh, so yeah, so I like to thank Anthony for coming on the podcast, talking about drums, podcasting, bartending, all sorts of great stuff. The great conversation tonight and, uh, check out the drums and drums podcast and give it a like, follow, make sure you it a five-star review, five stars, rate it for five stars, give it a review. And as Anthony says, those things are really important. People think we're just a bunch of full of bullshit the ratings and the reviews does make a difference cuz that's what advertisers that's what people look at to say hey is this a podcast that I want to check out so if you're listening just go ahead and down it, especially on the apple podcast scroll down click five stars type in something you know it is helpful <laughs> um and uh, yeah so uh, so we got a lot of other great episodes out there so follow all that stuff follow the social media Instagram Facebook etc subscribe to the youtube page are uh, trying to grow that and get to uh, you know trying to get to the magical thousand numbers uh and uh, visit our website drumsrums.com and actually yeah so, HeyBartender.com, correct?
1: HeyBartenderPodcast.com. There you go. All
0: right. So, I want to make sure I get it right. So, but uh, yeah, so that's all. I appreciate Anthony for coming on there. So, I think hopefully everybody has a great uh, day, night, evening, whatever whatever time of the day it is you're listening to this. Uh, and this is Paul with the Back Beats Spirits. Thanks, all.